Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. And joining us today is our new good friend, Nate Tice. Nate, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. That's uh, Yeah, it's a familiar intro that you just gave me there. So I just got, just locks me in. It's like, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden it's a uh, shark smelling blood. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. We're talking football as soon as I hear that intro. But thank you for having me, guys. I'm pretty fired up about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big fan of the Athletic Football Show podcast, so uh, definitely sort of our way to make you feel uh, right at home. So let's uh, get started with this whole Jonathan Taylor debacle. When he's healthy, we know what a more than capable running back he can be, but with this whole he's on the pup list thing and the self-imposed trade deadline, all of this stuff, what are we supposed to make as far as, you know, if there's anything actionable as far as betting is concerned or what this means for the future of the Colts for, say, the rest of this running game? What's the biggest takeaway we should get from this soap opera? Uh, owners should not tweet. I think that might be the number one thing is owners should just kind of be quiet, and especially when they're in contract negotiations with one of their better players. Um, I think that's the number one thing, I, I, my number one takeaway from this. And also the, you know, this has come to a head and it's nothing new with the running back, running back market. It's just that it's always, you know, the national perception is always like a year or two late behind what's actually happening. So now everyone's going like, wait, running backs aren't getting paid. And it's like, yeah, this has kind of been happening guys for like, <laughs> for the last like seven, eight years, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think really for me, it's just that we're in a new flux point a new kind of crossroads about where all these contracts and positions are going the players can't do anything they negotiated the cba they okay so in 2030 they might be able to address this but also goes to show there's just other i think it brought a light almost like when bad politics happened it brought a light to what the system is going on right now and what the market's going on right now like i think the players realized oh shoot this is the type of stuff we should be negotiating for so I think there are going to be positive repercussions in seven years. That's going to be, and we know NFL terms, that's going to be a whole <laughs> whole new batch of players. But I, I think that the it was a great kind of light to show about like how the, all those dynamics work because it's all, there's, it's all about a piece of the pie. The owners want it, the players want it. But I also just think that the running back market, the owners and teams want, want their cake and eat it too. Well, we don't want to pay you, but we want a first round pick if we trade you. So I think right now with how the league has gone and receivers are getting paid more, um, secondary receivers are maybe getting paid more. I think that's also kind of squaring up after the last two off seasons. It got overpaid last year, you know, the Christian Kirks and everything. And now it's kind of come back to level. If you compare to what Christian Kirk got last year and like Jacoby Myers got this year from the Raiders, 
okay, that mm-hmm. kind of leveled back down. And I think the running back market went so down low that maybe it'll raise back up once kind of teams and everybody realize that maybe that's like, that's the zag to everybody else's zig right now. So long story short, I think it just brought a light <laughs> to the market of position value and for the players, for fans and for teams as well to kind of like, okay, let's reassess this market right now. Nothing right that's currently happening, but I think in the near, near future, there might be something happening with it. Uh, something that also newsworthy uh, this week is people are mad at the Cardinals because it's pretty clear that they are tanking. No, Colt McCoy isn't great at this stage in his career, but, oh, you're going to walk into the season with a fifth-round rookie or a guy that you just traded for to be your starting quarterback? Oh, oh you're trading actual starters on your yeah. team for a fifth and a seventh-round draft pick? Do, does the NFL have a problem on their hands with tanking? No, I, I think it's actually it's, it's a little hard to tank. As we saw, like, the Dolphins mm-hmm. happened a few years ago where they were just bottling it out. And then, like, Brian Flores is like, no. Like, no, we're winning six games. Gosh dang it. And then they ended up getting Tua anyway. And so that's another thing, too, is that even if for quarterbacks that maybe – or when you – who you're usually taking for a quarterback. Even these guys that at, right now in August we think are sure things, we never know. So even if the tanking is for a high pick, those guys still have to hit. So if they're tanking for a Caleb Williams who – to me, I mean, I think everybody else is QB1. That's QB2 behind Drake May, which also, uh, if you want to look at first overall numbers next year, I think Drake May is like plus 500 or something around there. I, I threw a little something on that just in case if there's other teams that come around like me. So, uh, But you just never know at this point in time. I don't think there's ever going to be a problem with tanking with the NFL. It's just there's so much parity. This Cardinals team is going to be very bad. They'll stumble into some wins. It's just how it kind of goes. It's it's hard. I, it's really hard to go zero seventeen. But I think too many teams are competitive and are in the middle, at least in that meet in the middle. That there's not going to ever be that issue of tanking. Like I just don't think it's going to be a problem. But that Cardinals seems is is pretty rough. <laughs> if, uh, just going through the depth chart, it, it is pretty rough. I mean, it's uh, uh, there's a lot, not a lot of names even I know, and I, I can get pretty in the weeds on this stuff. Well, as a follow-up here, if it's not the Cardinals with the worst record in the NFL this season, who might it be? Man, the Rams, if anything happens to Stafford, um, I watching that defense, they're small. And they gave up a lot of points this preseason, and that's how they I think they're going to be this entire season. Aaron Donald can only do so much. Um, You know, you you do need some some players around you to help you out. Uh, So the Rams – might be interesting to to the race to the bottom, I guess. I think the Texans are actually going to be a little better than people assume. I think their defense is interesting. I like the head coach. I think the, I, I'm not saying like Mike in the playoffs or anything, but I think they're more like a seven winish team. So I don't see them at the bottom. So sorry, Cardinals fans that might have their pick, uh, might be excited about their pick. But I I really think the two teams I look at are, are the Cardinals and the Rams. So I think the Seahawks and 49ers should be feeling really happy about that uh, in the NFC West right now. But it, it's interesting because that quarterback class with Caleb Williams, Drake May, even a couple other guys like Riley Leonard, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. at receiver. There's a couple of really good offensive tackles. It's it's a juicy draft. So I, I think maybe at the tail of the end, we might, or tail end of the season, we might see a lot of young players. So I'll maybe ask me in like November. <laughs> like I was like, okay, this team is kind of turning everything off because they're realizing the mm-hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel with one of these high draft picks. Nate, what is your favorite division bet? Uh, uh, I do like the Falcons, but that's kind of been bet down. Um, yeah, I had them around people love three hundred. People are all in on the Falcons. Yeah, 
Oh my God. But when you said that, I used, I was talking about this before the draft and stuff and people were making fun of me. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's like, no, 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 seriously. But uh, yeah, I think they're around like what plus 200. Yeah. Plus 180 right now. I see it on the screen. Um, that has been one of my favorite bets. I like the Seahawks as well as maybe just a 49ers. Don't figure out the quarterback and offensive line gets banged up, you know, Oh, Nick Bosa. There's some whispers with the Nick Bosa stuff. So it's like, okay, maybe maybe they just have kind of uneven season. I still think 49ers will be good. But I do like the Seahawks, and I think you can get a decent number there. Yeah, plus 190. I was about to say about around plus 200. And if you just want to throw like a home run swing or just like a real just like, hey, shoot, why not? It's the Packers in the NFC North. And that is just a bet on, on Jordan Love. And really just a Bears don't figure out lines stay kind of the same. I think the lines, I think everyone's expecting like this huge improvement for the lines. And I, I think they're more going to stay the same. So like more like a nine and eight team. Um, like I think that's fine, but I just don't think I didn't see the overwhelming support maybe this offseason. And then the Vikings, I think, are kind of going to be, you know, I, I called it uncle regression on the show. I said father sky, mother earth, and dear old uncle regression. Uh, that I, I think the Vikings, they were like an eight-win team last year. So even if they improve, that's more like a nine-win team. So I, I don't know. I'm just betting on Jordan Love, and I, I think he's shown decent things, and I'm actually pretty optimistic about him. Uh, uh, just recently talked about him. But I, I, he's shown some stuff, and they have some interesting young players. They have a really good offensive line, which is can be can keep you in games if, you have, if you're built that way. Nate, I feel like you've been looking at my betting slips for my trip to Vegas last weekend because I have the <laughs> Packers and the Seahawks as well as uh, two flyers I took. Yeah, I will push back, though, on the Falcons. And the okay. reason is this, and you've made the argument and others have made the argument as well, that if Desmond Ritter is at least average, then this offense can be more than effective to win the NFC South. My question, though, is, is it okay to assume that Desmond Ritter is going to be average? Because if you just look at, you know, however many starting quarterbacks will play this season, then there's a probable chance that he might stink. And if he does stink, then I don't know if offensively they're good enough. What say you? I, I'm pretty bullish on Ritter overall. Um, in that draft class, I had him as my QB one, but that was, it's, I always like with a caveat there. It's not like I had a first round grade on him. It was a pretty bad class, uh, but I had him a little bit above picket. And I think why is he's a good athlete, uh, which gets him out of trouble sometimes. He, he ran a sub four five, which is notable, but also is that he's extremely smart uh, as far as football IQ and handling the offense. So I don't see, I think the floor is higher, even if the ceiling is not that high with him because he doesn't really make a lot of mistakes. Um, he might not some, I, he's going to have a lot of like, you know, 14 of 19 for 190 yard games this season. Like that, that's what that offense is going to be like. Uh, but I just don't think he makes a ton of mistakes And that offense. Even with Marcus Mariota was borderline top 10 last year. And Mariota was God awful. If anyone's watched the Eagles in the preseason, that was kind of like a, Hey, this is what they dealt with all last year. I, I'm a sicko that watched way too many Falcons games last year. Cause what Arthur Smith de- did with, the Island of Misfit Toys was kind of really interesting to me, like just from a schematic standpoint. And I really just, I, I just really think he's a good coach. I just really do. There's just like a lot of signs there that I really like. I know fantasy guys hate how he uses Kyle Pitts, but that wasn't his issue. Kyle Pitts was like top five in target rate. And, and it was because Mariota was just spraying every ball. Um, so I, I think that why I'm betting on Ritter and that Falcons offense is I think first and second down will take care of themselves. 
they don't drop back a ton, like just true drop back. It's all play action. It really lifts the bar. There's a lot of training wheels on that offense. So I think really, I was about to cuss there, but I was really, I I think what that (laughs) offense does, it it keeps the training wheels on. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It keeps the training wheels wheels on. So a quarterback like Ritter can't F it up too bad. And and so Mm -hmm. he just has to get through third and fourth down and their third and fourth downs are easier than other teams. They get a lot of third and fours, third and fives because they run the ball so much. So I think that's why I'm okay with it that I think the floor is higher than people realize because he's so smart. He's okay as a thrower. I think he can get hot, especially the throws that they ask him to do. But like because a lot of inbreakers because that's what he throws well. So I just think there's synergy with what he does well and his limitations and what the offense is going to ask him. So that's maybe why I'm I'm buying a lot of stock. And honestly, it's August 30th, and I've been on this train for about six months, and I, I can't slow it down now. So even if I had any semblance of doubt, I just I'm just not listening to it right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like the opinions on the NFC divisions and you bring some value there. When you look on the AFC side, there, there are two divisions. I think it's tough to find anybody that's not going to take the Jaguars. That's not going to take the Chiefs. So it makes sense. I'm really stuck on the AFC East and North. Do you have any strong opinions on those divisions? Because, I mean, for me, for the most part, you could honestly pick a team out of a hat and we could sit here yeah. and make a case. AFC North, that's how I feel. It's truly that. Yeah. So I, I would never – it's hard for me. I pick a day of the week, and I'm touting a different team. I, I, there's so much mm-hmm. I like about all these teams, even the Steelers. I, I, I had to joke for years that the Steelers were on my no-fly list because their offenses were so bad with Big Ben. So now I, they're, they're back on. Like, I can look at their ID, and they can board. So, I like, this, it's good to talk about the Steelers again, but their defense is going to be sick. Like, it's going to be – all these defenses are actually going to – all these defenses have a chance to be top ten. And I would say three of the offenses have a real good chance to be top 10. And the Steelers might be a sneaky team because they can run the ball well and pick its ascension a little bit. But I think that the AFC North, I'm kind of just leaving be because <laughs> it's just, it's hard. It's hard. I could see any of these teams. It's going to come down to injuries, I think. But the AFC East, I am, I'm sticking with the Bills. I know that's chalk, but it's, I, I'm still high on the Bills this year. I'm still high on Josh Allen. They have an incredible offense. Uh, uh, I really do think that they have made a lot of minor moves to kind of reinforce what they have done and what's limit them, limited them as the season goes along. I know they drafted Dalton Kincaid, but the, it's other draft picks and signings that they made. Osiris Torrance in the second round, the offensive guard. Connor McGovern, uh, a, a guard from the Cowboys. Uh, just they're, I think they're really trying to vary their offense when they want to, like add more pitches to their arsenal. So I'm really bullish on that offense and I also think Josh Allen's like locked in like I think he was like okay I'm over this like I'm over these losses I'm over kind of like everyone's anointing Joe Burrow again Joe Burrow was very good don't get me wrong but last year just remember 12 months ago Josh Allen was the next guy and it's like everyone got bored of him you know it's the Toy Story meme like I don't want to play with you anymore that's kind of like what the, what's happened with Josh Allen I'm like yeah. what the hell he's awesome he's he was the second best quarterback at every metric every underlying metric that I look at success rate EPA all those things DVOA behind Patrick Mahomes, and that's saying something. So, I, uh, And I think their defense as well has added some reinforcements, even if they lost like Edmonds and stuff. I, I, I really just I, – I like their team, and I'm just surprised so many people are off of them right now. So I'm just sticking with them. 
No, that's fair enough. You make it to the playoffs yeah. and deep soon enough and spin the wheel at, at some point. Uh, it all seems to work out for him. Nate Tice yeah. from the Athletic Football Show. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Paul is on the clock in a guillotine fantasy football league and Joe is on deck. We will look at their options and hear about some picks right here on the BetQL Network.